This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. We're back from the holidays. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my favorite third place finisher, Stephen Galindo. How you doing? Well, <laughs> third place, third place in one league, fourth place in another, and then a sad eighth place in the you know the home league. Um, first of all, though, to everybody listening, I want to say um, happy New Year. I hope your uh, holidays were great. I know we didn't drop an episode last week. We got we let time kind of slip by us, um, enjoying the, our time off with our families. And I, I don't know if it's you or me. I don't mean I don't. This is this isn't a tangent, but it's just like every Christmas through New Year's break, I have no idea when the days are. It's just like Christmas happens. I think it's the weekend, but it happens to be a Monday or something, and then and then every day after that, it's just I don't know. So no, a hundred percent. I usually take the week off between Christmas and New Year's, and this this year my work actually had that whole week off already. So like I was off for like twelve days, and I didn't know what day it was or mm-hmm. what the time was. It was just it was weird. So, but uh, we want to say you know thank you for a pretty successful first season with us. We appreciate you lending your ear to us. Um, I mean, when we first sought out on this adventure, we, we wanted to try to get through one season of doing Mm -hmm. this consistently to really say, Hey, like we're in this for the long run. And, um, you know, the feedback that we've gotten and the support that we've gotten, I think has made it worth it. And, um, I feel like I, even though my record and my final placing doesn't show it, I feel like overall I became a better fantasy manager by doing this show. And so I want to say thank you to you, Brian, for doing mm. it with me because I appreciate that. Um, I wouldn't do this by myself. But um, like Brian said, third place, it hurts. You know, it, it never feels good to not come in first. But I really have to say, and I think I said this in the last episode. It takes skill to get into the playoffs. It takes luck to win the next three in a row. And I was just not lucky at all. So hey, I'll leave it you at know that. What? Hey, you know what? I would say the same for me, but I did win one of my dynasty championships uh, this uh, last week. And it was close. I honest, there was a moment. Keep in mind, it's New Year's Eve, so you're around friends and family, and you're really trying to, like, you know, pretend you're there present. But in my brain, I'm like, I need to know what's going on in this Vikings-Packers game right now. And so I'm pulling out my phone. My phone's dying. I'm trying to check. The, I'm checking the score. I'm watching it on Sling, stuff like that. There was a moment when I had Justin Jefferson, and I was only up by four points, and uh, our good friend Daniel had Bynum, the safety for the Vikings. And I, there was a moment where I was like, this guy's safety is about to outscore the, the best damn wide receiver. And I was just about to be like, you know what? I was just, I'm not meant to win. It's, it's not in the cards for me. I'm not supposed to be happy in fantasy football. But then, I mean, you, this is an inside joke between me and Steven. Nico Collins goes in the game. <laughs> and he saves my ass. Like he, all he does is throw a couple, you know, complete passes to Justin Jefferson. My lead go, gets a little larger. I end up winning by eight, and I won my dynasty championship. I went all in, traded multiple first round pet picks in the future, brought Tyree Kill in. It worked, and 
now I have no draft picks, so my next May is not going to be fun because I'm going to have to wait like four days before I could actually pick somebody. But and the guy I'm going to get is probably going to go on my taxi squad and never come out of it. But it was worth it. I won. I drafted thinking I was drafting for the future, but I actually ended up winning the championship. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but I feel that's the story of this last season. Yeah. There are players that you drafted in the later rounds or in Dynasty. You drafted them with the expectation that, hey, you know what? In a couple of years, these guys are going to be pretty good. And they ended up just flipping the script and 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 they led you to, you know, the inaugural championship, you know, of this league. And so congratulations. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say one thing, and this is something I think this is going to be the theme of today's episode. So I'm going to say one thing. Me and you have used past data and past history to basically put rookies in a box. And this year, quarterbacks like CJ Stroud, Laporta, Kincaid for a certain period of time, Zay Flowers, Pukunukua, like all most some of these rookies or most of these rookies have helped someone win a championship this year. Yeah. And shout out we, to the rookies, man. And, and we put them in a box. We said like, they're good. They might be fine, but they're not going to be top 10 or whatever in their positions. And some of these players were, and that's, you know, did, did Sam Laporta finish the year? Number one tight end. He is, he is number one as of, there you um, go. as of this week, um, in PPR, I know, I, he's like 20 points ahead of the next. Um, I'm sorry. No, he's like 10 points ahead of the next. So Sam Laporta is at 225 PPR points, and Travis Kelsey is at 219. Oh, okay. So, like, and then, yeah, 219.4, and then TJ Hawkinson, number three, at 219. But obviously, he's, you know, out for the season. So I know. Most leagues are probably over right now. I know there's probably a few out there that are in leagues that do those double header uh, playoff matchups where you play two weeks in a row, or some championships go all the way to week 18. Uh, those are wild leagues. So I know we're probably talking as if the season's over, but I know for some fans it's probably not. But uh, yeah. It should be over. <laughs> you know, if, if, if 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 your fantasy championship is decided by Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold this weekend, <laughs> like, then you need to change the settings for next season. That's all I'm saying. Please. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, wide receiver, uh, let's see here. Yeah, Puka Nakua was number five overall, at least as of week 17. Um, week yeah, 18, he, I don't know if he's playing or you know how he much he'll be. play. He's but. trying to get that rookie record for yards. Oh, the rookie record. How many yards is he out from it? Uh, last time I checked, I don't remember. But he, it's within <laughs> it's, 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 it's within reach. I know that. So. Was, he, was he your biggest surprise of this season? Mm, no, I felt there was a like I, okay, biggest surprise in terms of like he's number five wide receiver. Maybe we could go that far, but I thought he would be 
relevant in the Rams offense. That's why I think we both took some stock in him in some of our leagues. But um, I would say the biggest surprises on the same team is that I did not think Kyron Williams was going to be uh, as good as he is. I think the Rams, the whole Rams offense in general was not what they we thought they were going to be. Yeah. And makes me a little disappointed in you for not telling me at the beginning of the year that they were going to be this good. So I'm sorry. Well, I didn't believe in it either, you know. Uh, but hey, we're not fortune tellers. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this on the pod because uh, I'm going to say this on the pod because I I have to say it. Like in the league, we have a champion who won. They had Kyron Williams, and I and I turned to you after the the championship week, and I was like. That's only that's, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but you know I'm the one who dropped Kyron Williams for him to pick up before week one, and there we go. You know I think I did this last year too. Is I think we we're like three weeks into the season. I was pretty set at running back, and I had Kenneth Walker on my bench, just you know chilling. And I was like, you know what? I'll trade him for I think Burks from Tennessee. I was like, I need a wide receiver help, but I was like, sure. And then, like, Kenneth Walker ended up being, like, the best rookie running back last year. <laughs> so, like, I I have always one dumbass move. I make a season. And this was – and I guess dropping Kyron Williams before week one. I picked him up after the draft. I needed to drop one more player. And it was either him or Puka. And I went with Puka. And Puka worked out. But if I had him and Williams, well, yeah. Well, you might be sitting here with two championships. Maybe. I don't know. So, uh, just to clarify on the record, he is going for both the res- the rookie reception record and the um, rookie yards record. So, he needs five receptions because right now he's at 101 receptions. He needs five receptions um, to – or actually, I'm sorry, four receptions to beat that record set by Jalen Waddell in uh, 2021 because Jalen Waddle ended the season with 104 receptions. And then he needs 29 yards to break the rookie record yardage total, um, which is 1,473 yards. So he needs just that 27 yards to, or 29 yards to break that. So I think he'll, he'll get both. Cross your fingers, he doesn't get hurt because the Rams are making the playoffs. And so um, obviously he's a very integral part of the offense. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what? If you're DFSing or I don't know, pick Puka because I really do think the Rams are going to make sure he gets that. Like, I I really do think the Rams are going to make sure he breaks those records. So he's at least going to get five catches. You think that he breaks the record and then they pull him? Yeah, I I, I think a hundred percent. They need to. They might let him break it and then try to create maybe another 10 to 15 yards of cushion or something. You know what I mean? But I think well, this rookie record, this rookie record for yardage has been held since 1960. So I know like people throw asterisks on this stuff. Cause I know like a lot of the rec, a lot of these records are different because like they didn't play 16 game seasons and now they're playing 17 game seasons. So I know a lot of these records have asterisks on them, but technically he would hold the record. Yeah, no, I think 100%. 
All right. Well, moving <laughs> forward here, <clears throat> since we don't have rankings and, uh, you know, bus booms and uh, out of the stadium picks today, I do want to just quickly glance over some of our uh, takes that we had at the beginning of the season when we were doing the uh, preseason shows and the uh, the preview uh, previewing the different divisions and uh, there's a couple here. Um, this one might be one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, because this was a, a board a board bet you and I had, um, but you had Mike Gasecki having more fantasy <laughs> points than Hunter Henry, and at the time it seemed. You know, it seemed plausible, but um, now looking back at it, uh, it doesn't seem so so realistic. But the, uh, best, the best part about it, it's not like Hunter Henry had like maybe four or five good weeks this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even like he. Okay, I'll put it this way: he blew the bet out the water, but it's not like he had the greatest year. You know, it's like just one of those things where it's like, all right, yeah, I just I just picked the wrong fish, right? Good thing I didn't have any. Uh, Stock in them. <laughs> so Hunter Henry is the tight end seventeen on the year. Can you take a guess where Mike Gesicki is? He is Ooh. in the top fifty. Top fifty. Yeah. I'm going to say forty-three. Close. He's thirty-seven. Did, did Mike Gesicki? Did he catch Mike a pass Gusecki, this year? He he did. He um, let's see what the stat is here. Got it. He caught twenty eight passes for two hundred and thirty nine yards and two touchdowns. If you told me he actually did not make the regular season roster and retired from the NFL, I would have believed you. <laughs> he ended the season with sixty three total fantasy points. And my boy Hunter Henry ended the season with 119. So, um, what, 40-something points? That's not too much. I mean, tight ends are, are the uh, the gap in tight ends is pretty large. Um, the biggest slap in my face this year was probably Darren Waller. Um, mm-hmm. He ended the season, or, well, he hasn't ended yet because there's one game left. But as of this week, he's uh, the number 24 tight end. And oh, that's so rough. I would have been I would have been better off um drafting Hunter Henry. Um or even Kyle thought? Pitts. Who would have thunk it? Um another I think another decent take, and I think this was just fate, is that the Jets were the Broncos of this year. I made mm. that take and I, I think it's semi true only because when you watch them and their record reflects it. I don't think it would be the same if Aaron Rodgers was uh, playing the whole season. And here's a little nugget for next year. But I think you need to draft Brees Hall next year when Aaron Rodgers comes back. He's going to be one year removed from that ACL injury. He's already looking explosive these last few games. He's taken people, you know, in the playoffs. He's taken them the distance. He's probably won you your league if you had him and you stayed with him. And I think the the offense is only going to be 10 times better next year with Aaron Rodgers under center. How early would you draft him? I'd be willing to draft him uh, in the second round. That's fair. Uh, I think first your, your, your top 10, 12 people are going to be pretty set. 
mm-hmm. you know, with people that made an impact this year. But I think that second round is going to be where you can take guys like this that maybe this year they weren't drafted so high, but they showed out at the end, and you know they 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 increase their stock. So, you told me a little tidbit between me and you, and I I guess I'm airing your dirty laundry. But when you lost this year, you you straight up just told me like I'm tired of basically being cute with the draft. I'm going to take the best player available off the board. Do you feel like if Brees Hall was available for you in the second round, he would be the best player on the board? Mm, it's hard to say because you had to give me like give me like two or three guys who are available, and then right, I'll tell you like yeah. All right, let's do it. Uh, Brees Hall's there. I'm thinking uh, this is so far ahead, but um, Amon St. Brown. He actually might be a first round pick next year, but I'm just going to say it because he was a second round pick this year. <clears throat> if I took a running back in the first round, then I'd take Amon in the second. But okay. now nah, I'm just kidding. Knowing me, I'd probably take Brees Hall. <laughs> yeah, Brees Hall. <laughs> I'd take a running back in the first and then a running back in the second. This person who I think might be a second round pick next year, actually, Travis Kelsey. I'd take Brees Hall. Okay. And let's just do one more. I think uh, Travis Kelsey will be a third or fourth round pick next year. I think the um, the ugly season that he had this year is really going to put a dent in his ADP next year, and you can get him for a value at you know third, fourth round. He's he'll probably still be tight end two, and tight end two is good. And that's he'll be in the, he's going to be in the top five tight ends, and I think top five tight ends like that's pretty solid. And with and T- think, and TJ not being able to maybe start the season. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, and TJ might even be a value, but I think the Chiefs will figure it out in the off season. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if they get this, is going to sound crazy because you know I had a lot to say about this guy in, in the preseason. But if they went out and got Mike Evans, like mm. I'd be okay with that because Mike Evans, Rasheed Rice, I think that's a similar Evans Godwin combo right now, and then you throw in Kelsey. Mm-hmm. These guys are going to have to cover the deep ball. They're going to have to cover Rice. I mean, they're not going to be able to just lock in on Kelsey like they've done this year. So I think that would be Kelsey's 36. He'll be 36 next year? Yeah, yeah. 35, 36, right? Something like that. But I don't think he's going to go out the way the way that his season has gone this year. I don't think he's going out that way. Okay. That's and fair. he still looks good. It's not that he looks slow mm-hmm. or that he's, like, you know, frail. Like, it's just teams just double team them because they know like this is where they're going to go with the ball and they're not who are they going to throw it to deep? Everybody drops the ball. That's true. I'm not going to get on a tangent with the Chiefs here, but <laughs> that's you I, know that's what I got to say about that. I can't. If I, I had to, okay, go for it. Go for it. If I had to do a dream like a a dream wish like from the free agent list, like what wide receiver can we get? It'd be Calvin Ridley, but you know I'm just dreaming right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying right now to think of like a third player that I know for a fact is not a first rounder, but he's also not a third rounder. Uh, but maybe you could put Tony Pollard in there. Why not? Let's just say I take Reese Hall over Tony Pollard. All right, Tony Tony Pollard's probably been one of the most disappointing players this year. He he definitely is one of the most disappointing. And honestly, I, at at this point in time, I know we're at the end of the season. I don't know if it's him. Or if it was just the offensive system, like I, it's if if I could say something, 
when they did Thunder and Lightning kind of with Zeke, I feel like defenses pinched for Zeke and it allowed Tony to show off his skills against much slower competition and get out in space and stuff like that. Him being running back one means that he can't just do that. You know, and he's not just running on tired defenses anymore. And when it gets to the goal line, he's, I'll just be real about it. He's not strong enough. He's not tough. I don't want to use tough, 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 tough's a BS word, but he's not strong enough and he's not built well enough to be able to get you short yardage runs. It's just, it's, it's not in him. So he'll give you a game where he catches four or five passes for and gets like 30, you know, like 30 yards receiving. And then he gives you 70 yards on the game, on the run and you get in double digits. That's great, but he's not getting you in the end zone. And it, it, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's a shame. For, for being a top 10 running back ADP at the beginning of the season, you know, going somewhere at the end of the first, beginning of the second round, like he did not return value. You did not get your return on investment. Um, and if anything, he might have cost you in some leagues because you had guys like Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, which I, I don't know. I, I put an asterisk next to Jacobs because we didn't know that situation where it was going to land. And also Najee Travis Harris. Travis Etienne. Yeah, Travis Etienne. That's. That's, you know, Kenneth Walker. I was going to say, the thing about Najee Harris, though, I want to throw this out there, is it felt like in the last four or five weeks of the season, he kind of looked like the Najee Harris of old, but (laughs) it it took, like, double-digit weeks for Najee Harris to even look anything like an NFL running back. Like, and some people took him in the second round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, 100. I agree with you. But, um. Well, you know, now that we're kind of on this whole, like, looking into the future thing, I actually had a question for you, Steven. Throw it out it's there. Little, it's a little bit of a curveball. What player that you thought you were so right on this season that ended up being wrong? that you feel like you could talk yourself back into before next season. So you you thought they were going to be good. They absolutely let you down. And you're telling yourself, I shouldn't draft this player again. But you think by the time next season comes around, you might be able to talk yourself back into draft. <clears throat> okay. For me, I think it'd be Austin Eckler. Oh, okay. It might that might not be who you thought it was going to be, but here's my thing with Austin Eckler. Okay. He he looks good when they utilize him the right way. There's not many running backs who are as good, you know, in the passing game and can really you know, be utilized in that way, you know, other than like Christian McCaffrey, maybe, I don't know, Jonathan Taylor. I know Bijan, I still think Bijan can be that, 
but yeah. they need to get rid of Arthur Smith because mm-hmm. Arthur Smith really put a dent in Bijan's value this year. But if I had to choose one player that I was super high on and kind of let me down, um, it would be Austin Eckler. Because I mm. even traded you for Austin Eckler in a league. Yeah. I drafted Austin Eckler in another dynasty league, and he put up a, a few good games and things and, and whatnot. Yeah. But I think it's a combination of the ankle injury at the beginning of the season, which I think kind of in the middle of the season kind of slowed him down. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked better towards the end of the season. And then it's also, I think, just the um, – just the, the dysfunction of the Chargers franchise. <laughs> yeah, basically the Charger curse where um, they just they just can't get it together. You lose Justin Herbert. You lose Keenan Allen for a handful of games. You lose Mike Williams. Like, I don't understand why they didn't make him a vocal point of the offense in some of these games towards the end of the year. Yeah. Because, I mean – you're giving the ball to Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and they just, they don't, they look <laughs> not better than Austin Eckler. And then, you know, you throw a 10, you throw a little, uh, I know it's Easton Stig, but you throw a little dump off to Austin Eckler and he fights off like two or three tackles and gets you a first down. Like, like that's the skill that I know that Austin Eckler has. And I think, you know, if he doesn't make his way back to the Chargers, this upcoming season, which I don't think he will. <laughs> Are you okay over there? <laughs> yeah. Did that come in on the mic? No, but oh. uh, for those of you, you know, listening, Brian was kind of having a coughing attack in, in my screen. And so I just needed to make sure he was okay. Um, I think Austin Eckler, you know, he's not going to probably be a starter wherever he goes, but I think this might be, uh, you know, if he goes to a team that knows how to utilize his skill set, I think he could still be, you know, fa- fantasy relevant. Is he going to be in the top ten of running backs? I don't know. I can't say that right and now. If he's back you know, on the Chargers, is he a top ten running back in the NFL? I think it depends on the moves they make in the off season. Okay, because they're bringing back Herbert, right? So it's because if one they of- draft if they draft a running back, then no, I would say he's probably not going to uh, be. They're going to okay. split that backfield a little more. But if they don't draft a running back or they draft a running back in like the, you know, six, fifth, sixth round, seventh round, then, you know, there's a higher probability of him coming back. And it also depends on the coach that they hire and, you know, the scheme that they decide to go with. It's Arthur Smith. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of variables into this. But if we're just looking at it at face value, mm-hmm. I think that Austin Eckler next year is going to be a lot better than he was this year. And I think, you know, obviously his ADP is going to drop. His stock has dropped. And I think if you're smart, and we'll see if I'm smart next year, uh, you buy you buy the dip on, on his on his value. Because if you can get him in the fifth, sixth round, like he's going to be a solid running back to flex, in my opinion. And I'm not talking about like your eight-point flex. I'm talking, you know, 12-plus points a game. Yeah, I, I hear that. I, I I put some thought into that because I was like, I want to ask Steven that. But then I was like, I feel like I would have to answer the same question, right? And there's <laughs> yeah. two players that I was absolutely wrong on this year. Absolutely wrong. And I drafted them relatively high. First one was Damien Pierce. And if you ask me right now, I am... I want to be a hundred yards away from picking any, anybody name, even named Damian Pierce next year. Right. 
But I feel like by next season, training camp, Houston's getting better. They, they, you know, they make their line a little better. Maybe Singletary's off somewhere else, you know, and it's Damian Pierce's show again. I don't know. Maybe in the sixth, seventh round, eighth round, if he's available, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm like, you know, let's take a shot on this guy again. The other person, but I, this would entirely be, uh, they changed the quarterback. They just straight up changed the quarterback. I don't care who it is. They just changed the quarterback. George Pickens. If they could change the quarterback in Pittsburgh, and it's not, it's not, it's nobody, it's none of the three guys they had on their depth chart this year. It's somebody at, different. I I may consider George Pickens in the sixth or seventh, eighth, and maybe ninth round. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not going to draft him high. But you have to admit, though, Mason Rudolph has brought his stock back up. He has, and so if Mason Rudolph was the starting week one quarterback next year, do you think George Pickens is a top twenty wide receiver drafted? No. All right, top thirty. <laughs> yes. Okay. Is he top thirty in, regardless? Whoever quarterback, whoever I, I the quarterback. So. Okay. I think so because like who else after you hit 20, you know, 22, 25 receivers, who who's better than George Pickens? No, no one really. So you know, like cuz <laughs> I was trying to hold that coffin. Uh I remember I was looking at him when he absolutely let me down uh plenty of times last year and I was like and let's see here. Let me just do do a quick look. Well, first he, he let you he, down, he, and then he let he, me down. He was the 19th ranked wide receiver this year. Like ADP wise, or uh, position ranked? Oh, like like um, right now, points wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a couple monster games there at the end. Yeah, he had 34 points, 17 points. I uh, got 10. Spent most of the season on single digits, but he had a 14, 24 point, 21 point. That's enough to get you in the top 20, I guess. Right. And I could be wrong. I feel, I feel like I saw a stat this year or something on the lines of like, uh, he's been able to get the most yards of a, as a receiver with the fewer catches than X, Y, and Z in history or something like that. So George Pickens, um, Wide receiver twenty five ADP next year maybe and I George Pickens is I think gonna be a very slick player in next year's drafts because I think a lot of people are gonna look at his overall position scoring this year and look at um, his skill set and think you know this is something to build off of but I think if that offense doesn't change it's not gonna help him any at all. No, I agree with you. There needs to be a change at the at the QB. Could they possibly draft a QB and move on from Kenny Pickett? I think they could. And even if it's a rookie there, I think like at least it's different. You know? Do you think Kenny Pickett wasn't going to stretch George Pickens' value? If he stayed healthy, like you, do you think that can, um, George Pickens wouldn't have these games that he's having if Kenny Pickett was under center? He might have won, but he wouldn't have. He finished the year off with two double-digit games. I don't think that happens with Kenny Pickett. 
Yeah, we'll have to see what moves they make in the offseason. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to finish up on these takes here. Okay. One that you had that we've talked about multiple times is that the Texans can win the division. And currently they are competing for the division. You know, it all comes down to this week 18 game. I'll bet they don't have full control of their destiny, but the fact that they're competing for the division, mm-hmm. I think bodes well for your for your take here. Appreciate it. So I have to say, like I was a little skeptical when you said that they were going to be, you know, this juggernaut team in the division, and little did I know you had insider information. So <laughs> I, I knew the Jaguars were going to shit the bed, or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting the Jaguars to look like to look like they have looked. I thought they would be a little more put together. Yeah, I agree. Another take uh, that we had here was Trevor Lawrence was not going to be a top five. I think this might have been you. He was not going to be a top five quarterback, and it could have been me. And it if been it was you, me, yeah. maybe it was something then we agreed I'm stupid on. Stupid because I I, I drafted. Trevor Lawrence as my number one I, quarterback. I did too. So. I did too. I was in. I was in last place in the league for multiple weeks because I had Trevor Lawrence. So, so Trevor Lawrence currently sits at QB fourteen on the season. Oh wow, um, that's that's rough. Yeah, that's very rough. From fu- like him and Joe Burrow this year, right? Like <laughs> well, Joe Joe Burrow came in hurt. So I give him a little bit of a benefit people, of the doubt. People are there. drafting him like he's healthier than anybody else in the league. So, yeah. Well, it was his his calf, and then he got over that, and then immediately his his wrist. So, which I think you know, Joe Burrow has an effect on Jamar Chase, and I think you know that's a conversation we'll have in the off season. I think Chase's value will drop a little bit, and he might even be somebody you can pick up in the late first, you know, top of the second round. I think he's going into next season as wide receiver three. And it might be a debate of wide receiver four if you're putting Amonte Brown in that conversation. Because right now I'd probably say – I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I'm taking Tyree Kill. Yep. I'm taking Amon Ross St. Brown. And then Jamar Chase. CeeDee Lamb. I'm taking over him. That's the, I might I even consider, depending on where Cup uh, lands this offseason, um, I don't know, how many years does he have left on his contract? Uh, he's still there, I believe. I, I, might even take, I might even take Cooper Cup or Puka above Chase, as wild as that sounds. A healthy Joe Burrow comes back next season, and you don't think Jamar Chase has top he's five? He's a top five. Yeah, he's a top five. You're, you just might pick somebody above him? But if the... If, I think the clear three people or the clear receivers, in my opinion, that I would pick over Jamar Chase are CeeDee Lamb, okay. Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, and Amon Ross St. Brown. So you're, you're, you're right now thinking Jamar Chase, Chase wide, is at five. wide receiver five. And then right mm-hmm. after that, it's basically, do you want to put Cup, Puka, and whoever there? Okay. And it's it's wide receiver five pending these next couple games for a cup. Hot take. I'm going to say my first hot take right now. For next I'm, season? For next season. <laughs> yes, give it to me. Lay it on us. He prob he may not end up this like this, 
but Puka should be should have a higher ADP than Cooper Cup. I one hundred percent agree with you. I don't know if they'll if they'll rank it that way, but he should be ranked higher than Cooper Cup. I agree with you. I think so too. Like if you had an opportunity to take a Rams wide receiver in the first two round, the first two rounds, I would take Puka. I agree with you. All right, a hundred percent. They're the, both they're both top twenty wide receivers, though. The one, yeah, absolutely. And the one counter I would have to that, if you're like hesitant to draft Puka or Cooper, is they played a lot better when Matthew Stafford played quarterback this year. Like when Matthew Stafford was out for those games, the Rams' offense really struggled. And Puka was putting up single-digit performances. Cup was putting up single-digit performances. And the Rams are not a team that, you know, spends a lot of money on a backup. So uh, if Matthew Stafford gets hurt again or something of that nature, then that's a reason maybe you don't want to pick those players. But, yeah. I think I think we're buying more stock in the Rams next year. Than we so? did this year. Yeah. I think Kyron Williams is a first round pick. I 100% agree. Right. But before we continue on our two two early rankings, um, we had a Zay Jones versus Nico Collins. We did uh, bet here. Who had? And I'm who? not sure. I'm not sure, and I got to do a better job next year of writing our names on this. I don't know if one of us just had the take, or if we just both you know decided on this, but. Nico Collins is currently the 15th ranked, or not ranked, but the 15th wide receiver in points, fantasy points, total fantasy points. And Zay Jones is the 91st. Obviously, he was hurt for a majority of the season. So we see how that ended up. I think a slap in our face, or maybe just me because I was kind of high on this guy, Miles Sanders is a top 10 running back. Oh, I drafted Miles Sanders, and I held on to that guy in two leagues for like three weeks longer than I should have. Yeah, that was that was very disappointing. I don't know what I, it, the what funny thing down. is. Miles Sanders was never good on the Eagles. I don't care what anyone says. He was never good on the Eagles, and for us to think he would have been better on the Panthers, it's, it's lay it, it to us, Brian. Lay we, it on we, us we, right we, now. We should have known better. We should have known better. Yeah. We, we thought a new situation, a team that would probably need him to be the number one guy, and then like by week seven, Chuba Hubbard was on the goal line taking all the touchdowns. Like it was. And by touchdowns, I mean the one touchdown that was scored the entire game because the Carolina Panthers sucked. Like, it's... Yeah. It, it, yeah. We had the NFC... I'm sorry, the AFC North shaking out in this order. The Browns, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Steelers. I think, um, although we didn't hit it on the mark, I think we were pretty damn close. Yeah, like, we thought, you know, the Ravens were a lot better than we predicted, but the Browns were around roughly where we had them. Yeah, we thought that we were pretty high on the Browns coming into the season. Uh, higher on Deshaun Watson than we were Joe Flacco, but, you know. We weren't, yeah, well, I mean, you, you know. You, you results, know are re- results are results, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we weren't going into the season thinking, you know, Joe Flacco was going to play this year, but... And who would have thunk that the Ravens were going to look that good? Yeah, and it's funny because I was watching a lot of Lamar Jackson's year, and sometimes the Ravens looked really bad, but they were winning games. So it was just like, all right. Yeah. Well, that's what's nice when you have a very solid defense. Mm-hmm. I think this was my silly take at the beginning of the year, was I had Elijah Moore 
having more fantasy points than Amari Cooper. So, you know, I'll chalk that one up as an L. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, one of our last takes here, you had the Lions as the best points per game team um, ending the season. And obviously there's still one game left, but currently they sit at number five in points Mm. per game. But you did hit the nail on the head because you had them as a top five offense, um, a top five total yards offense, and right now they currently sit at number three. So okay, you're pretty close on it. I mean, I I was high on the Lions, but I didn't think they were going to be one of the top offenses in the league. But I I think once everyone started buying stock in the Lions, you're like, I don't want to be that person. So you started like you know you start selling you start selling your stock in the Lions. You're like I. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the outlier here. <laughs> when when it comes down to it next year, is Sam Laporta getting drafted as the number one tight end? And if so, is he being drafted at the end of the first round? I think middle to first. He some you know what? Some people will probably take him top five. I think he'll just insert himself in that Kelsey spot. Basically just switch Kelsey to number two. I got a question for you though. Are people drafting Sam Laporta above Amon St. Brown next year? No. Okay. They shouldn't. Unless unless you have a tight end premium league where tight ends are getting like a full point mm-hmm. per reception more. I don't see I don't see it being worth a first round pick. Alright. I think basically in that instance you're just trading one for one. But. They're that's the two best scores on. The one thing that I want us to keep an eye on. This is probably going to be the narrative going into the playoffs. They have an athlete named Hennon Hooker, who's third on their depth chart. Just got just came back from ACL surgery. He's the emergency quarterback on their roster currently. I know there's some stock. And that the Lions might look at him as a future quarterback. If Jared Goff has a rough playoff run, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little chirping and some offseason discussion above about like, is Jared Goff just going to transition into Hooker next year? But being that the Lions were so good, I don't see that they make that decision right away. So I do think Amonse Brown. Laporta, Gibbs, I think their their stock is going to stay the same or even stay higher. But just something to keep, I think, our eyes on is the quarterback situation in Detroit. Because I don't think Jared Goff was supposed to be the long-term plan. And he ended up being better than people expected. It's the Dan Campbell effect. It is. But, yeah, no, I agree with you if if... if if the lines come out and they look like crap and Jared Goff looks like crap, then I think, yeah, those discussions happen next year. Uh, it won't obviously happen at the beginning of the season or right away, but I think it's a bigger possibility that, hey, it's time to, to move on. If mm-hmm. they feel like that's the one piece that's holding them back. Because I think the Lions, they're a young team. I think they have an, you know another good, or at least the upcoming you know five, six years ahead of them that they're going to be playoff a playoff team that I think that they do need to consider the long-term solution at quarterback and 
Jared Goff is good, but I don't think he's that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Sorry. We'll see. I'm not going to lie. If the Rams end up matched up against the Lions in the playoffs, obviously I'm going to root for the Rams. But if we were to lose to somebody, I, I hope it's Jared Goff. I'm still a Jared Goff guy. So if it's going to be anybody, I hope it's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before we sign out here, Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on X? You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. Please stop by, follow us. Maybe we'll follow you back. You know, chat with us. Let's talk about some football. You know, give us some insight. Give us some suggestions on how we can make the podcast and our community better. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast. Uh, subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a rating. Tell us, like, you know what? That Texans take was amazing. Hey, you know what? Maybe you guys shouldn't be uh, having a podcast because you thought Miles Sanders is good. You know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, show some love. Talk to us. We appreciate it. You know? like, And I, I'm going to steal this from another project I do, but I mean this like from the bottom of my heart. You guys could be doing anything with your time, but you're spending it with us, and we appreciate it. There's no way that I can outdo what Brian just said. So, <laughs> again, I want to wish y'all a happy new year. We got to wait a whole eight months before uh, we get to draft again. But, uh, you know, we can still do mock drafts and we can still talk fantasy football as always. We're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you the hobby we all love and enjoy, fantasy football. I'm Steven. As always with me is Brian. This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you.